Rogue One. Rogue One? There is no Rogue One. Well, there is now. Rogue One. Pulling away. Pulling away. Hey folks, uh, welcome to another edition of Rogue One Radio. I am one half of your host team, Steve Long, and with me is Charlie Kirby. How are you doing today, Charlie? Uh, doing great today, Steve. Thanks for asking. Awesome. So, today is our fifth episode of Rogue One Radio. Uh, we're going to chat a bit, of course, about the Mandalorian TV show on Disney+. Plus. And we've got a few bits of Star Wars news to talk about as well. And then later in the episode, we will be talking about um, our favorite sequel trilogy so far, uh, Moments. Much like last week was our favorite prequel trilogy, and before that was our favorite original trilogy, Moments. Uh, before we jump into anything, just want to uh, go over where you can find us on uh, social media, if you so choose. You want to jump on that one? Yeah, we are on Twitter at Rogue One Radio, uh, numeral one. Uh, you can find Steve at Otter272. You can find me at Charles PDK. We are on Facebook at facebook.com slash rogue numeral one radio. And you can always email us at rogue one radio pod, all spelled out at gmail.com with any questions or comments, or if you just really hate us and you want to let us know, we'd love to hear it. Always looking for some hate now. Yeah. Um, so um, before we get into any of the Star Wars news that we're going to chat about, um, something very, uh, exciting is happening this week. Um, we are recording this on the 15th of December. Uh, so we are just days away from something that we have been very excited about, uh, for a while. And that of course is the release of... Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker, uh, which is which will re- be released officially on uh, Friday. Uh, but of course, uh, anybody that cares is usually going to catch the early showings. As uh, I, I know you are, Charlie, but uh, I am mm-hmm. as well. We're catching the uh, Thursday night showings. So really excited about that. Yep, uh, we were very lucky to get <laughs> my tickets bought uh, that night. Oh my gosh. Had to follow the website, just <laughs> refreshing. Got on like an hour before they said they would be up because I knew they would already be selling. Mm-hmm. And they were already selling before that. But uh, but I got, uh, you know, I got my wife and my brother-in-law in there. And we're going to be seeing it in a... Uh, director suite at our theater. It's kind of a small, like twenty-ish, twenty-ish seat theater. Oh, very uh, nice. They serve drinks, so I won't be around any screaming crowds. I mean, as much as I love having the guy behind me just scream, 
whatever lightsabers come out. Uh, you know, I could also appreciate just leaning back in a quiet, dark room. That'll be nice. Uh, no, I'll be in a uh, in a reserved seating um, digital uh, theater just to kind of regular theater, I guess. But um, so yeah, we're definitely looking forward to that, and uh, we will definitely be talking about that movie on a future episode. Um. So let's go ahead and get into things. Let's talk about some news that popped up over the week uh, related to Star Wars, of course. Um, first thing we, we uh, that we came up on our radar was an announcement that the Baby Yoda toys will be ready, I think they said in April, is when they will start uh, selling those. So I'm sure everybody's just chomping at the bit to get some baby Yoda toys. Yeah. And I think now we actually have, yeah, they announced they'd be coming out around then, but they've now released like actual pictures and commercials of the yeah. different toys that'll be available. Yeah, like, are you, what, uh, yeah, well, like are, you, look, are you looking at any of them? Uh, I'm probably going to get the plush and the Funko. Oh yeah, the Funko will be good. Uh, yeah, I'll, I might do the plush. I don't know. I'm still a really, I'm still a big Porg guy. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe a Baby Yoda surrounded by some Porgs will be good. That'd be cool. That seems that seems like a good combo. Yeah. Well, I've got a, uh, I've got a lot of Funkos um, on my desk at work, so. He will he will fit in very well. I got uh, I had the the Mandalorian Funko Funko on pre order for a while, and when that finally came in, I was pretty happy. So, uh, so yeah, so Baby Yoda toys. Be be sure you're on the lookout the lookout on those uh, coming coming this uh, April. Looking forward to that. Um, what else we got? Uh, we got an announcement from Disney Plus uh, about a new TV series. Um, well, it's a, it's a TV series we knew about, but um, they've they've uh, given us some dates. the uh, The spy thriller, I guess it's not really a thriller, but it's kind of the spy TV show based on Cassian Andor. Um, that series will begin filming in June. Uh, I did read some things that they're looking, they're trying to do some casting for some younger kids. Um, they want a couple of boys to be a younger uh, Cassian Andor, uh, and then they're looking for a, uh, a young girl to play his sister. Um, so that leads me to believe that they're kind of going to it's not just going to be a spy thing. They're going to dig into his his origins, I guess you could say, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I think that'll be really interesting. Um, oh, for sure. It's also kind of an interesting time to see from uh, that perspective. Because this 
because that would be what about twenty years prior to A New Hope. Sounds about right. About, that's a, yeah. He'd probably be about like the tail end of uh, the clo- he'd be he would have been involved in the Clone Wars or at least be affected by them, right? Well, it depends on how old he was in Rogue One. Yeah, I'm sure there's someone yelling at us right now about it. But uh, but still, I think, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, someone who wasn't in any sort of real position of power, how that time period was affecting them. Yeah. Um, and seeing how that affects uh, the character that we do see in Rogue One. But I, right. What I find a little bit odd about this is that that means that this show won't be coming out until uh, 2021, probably the same, probably around November as well as the Mandal- same as the Mandalorian. So we'll have like an entire 2020. It looks like without any Star Wars shows on Disney Plus. Is that right? That that's kind of what I'm starting to hear, and it's it is a little bit disappointing. Um. But uh, you got to imagine it's, you know, they're going to, I just got to imagine that they've got something else up their sleeve. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I would like, I would actually like to see them put out some of the older Star Wars stuff. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's, that's, a, I'm in a minority there, I'm yeah. sure. I mean, we've got <laughs> the... You know, we've got the the Obi-Wan that also, as last I heard, uh, will also be starting filming around the same time period, around June. Um, so there's that. And then, of course, there's there's the uh, the rumors about the Dr. Aphra TV series that we haven't really gotten a whole lot of information other than rumors and... yeah. And information that might not be reliable, so I don't know. Yeah, we have the the Jedi Temple show, I guess. Right, the game, and that show. that is coming out twenty twenty, right? Yeah, because that's that's the type of thing that they can actually film quick and easy in comparison to these sort of prestige TV shows they're trying to make. Right, I agree. So, yeah. and I, I actually I wouldn't mind some like Star Wars themed like quiz shows, competition shows, just like silly. Like Star Wars, like the YouTube Star Wars show style stuff on there. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing that I'd really like to see, and I haven't heard anything about, um, because this the current season of Resistance is the last one. Oh yeah. So I haven't heard any, other than Clone Wars, the new new season of Clone Wars. Um, I haven't heard anything about any new animated series. Oh, I guess that's, we're going to get the next season of Clone Wars on there. Right. That comes out in February. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I guess there is more Star Wars stuff than I'm thinking. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than the Clone Wars, I haven't heard anything about any other animated series, which I'd, I'd, I'd like to see, but at the same time, what would it be like where where would they stick that yeah i think dave filoni was teasing about that somewhere yeah. um in some sort of interview he was or maybe a tweet 
mm-hmm. he was talking about uh, Rebels and talking about how there are like there are going to be some animated stuff. There's going to be some animated stuff in the future, mm-hmm. and I think people took it to mean uh, another Rebels season or something to do with those Rebels characters. But I don't know. Dave Filoni is always teasing yeah. and. <laughs> He's yeah. never quite certain what he's talking about. That's that's true, and he 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 actually teased something. Wait a minute, was it? No, it was him. It wasn't him. It was J.J. Abrams, which we'll actually talk about a little later when we get to talking uh, about Rise of Skywalker a little bit, because um, there was something that was teased earlier this week about that movie, um, but it wasn't Dave Filoni. Um, and then I, our last bit of news that we had to talk about uh, is another um, comic book announcement. Um, as, as we know, there's going to be a new Darth Vader comic. There's going to be a new uh, Star Wars comic. Uh, there's going to be a new Dr. Aphra comic. Uh, and now um, they have announced that there's going to be a new comic book coming out in March called... Star Wars Bounty Hunters. Um, What I'm gathering is that it takes place in the same time period as where the other ones are taking place. Um, So this would be um, pre-Return of the Jedi. And... There will be appearances by uh, Boba Fett and Bosk. Those are the only ones that I've heard of. Um, But the series itself is kind of focused on uh, kind of an unknown bounty hunter um, who originally appeared, uh, what I was reading, originally appeared in the old... Uh, late 70s um, Star Wars comic books. Yeah, this guy is the kind of trash that I like. So (laughs) I'm very excited to see (laughs) this cyborg bounty hunter who who was just pulled straight out of like superhero comics from that time. And just, like I said, just the time when they didn't know what they were doing with Star Wars. Right, but uh, I I think he I think you'll be interesting. That's a good fit for him to hang out with a bunch of bounty hunters for sure. Um, I I think it'll be good to see this type of comic book. Um, I mean, because the Doctor Afra comic book is is good because it kind of shows the shadier side of um the galaxy uh and i i get the feeling that this one will do the same so i'm really looking forward to that um no big surprise that i do i do enjoy the shadier side of the galaxy um you know this firsthand based on the uh the game that we're we've been playing (laughs) yeah so yeah it's one of my favorite aspects Eggs of the Star Wars universe, um, and yeah, I think it'll I think it will satisfy a, a very 
a certain part of the Star Wars fandom as well. I agree. Well, and you know, uh, I think they do. I think they have been a little bit ignored. Those who are more into their '90s mm-hmm. grittier Star Wars, and you know, yeah. yeah, I'm fine with them getting some comics and books and stuff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think I think Marvel and Star Wars uh, are they've gotten together and made some really good um, choices on uh, comic book on how how they're running their comic book. Uh, I guess you can call it universe, but yeah, how the how they're running the, the their their comic books. I think they're they're doing a pretty good job. Um, so. That takes us away from news. That's all we have as far as anything that was uh, non-Rise uh, of Skywalker related, uh, which we actually will get into a little bit later in the show uh, because we do have some news that, that has been going on in, in that respect. Uh, but before we get into that, we had another episode of The Mandalorian come out uh friday um this one was called the prisoner um so yeah what uh what did you think of this episode um i would i am tempted to say this is probably my second favorite episode of the series so far Mm -hmm. um this really is just like <laughs> this is one of those times where I'm watching a uh, a show and I am just thinking of like uh, their stats as according to the, a tabletop game. Yeah, like this is. <laughs> I was like, having, I was having the same conversation with my son earlier today. <laughs> because yeah, I, I love these sort of ragtag groups. Um, yeah. I love that they just let Bill Burr's character just be from the planet Boston. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, but yeah, I, it felt very classic Star Wars to me. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I'm with you. This is probably my second favorite episode uh, of the series so far. Um one thing I found interesting about this episode, um, I, well, I don't know if it's interesting, I guess uh, best word I can use to describe it, but uh, kind of the lack of uh, appearance by the baby Yoda. He, he wasn't like a really, uh, he wasn't really an integral part of the show as he has been in the past. If that makes any sense. Well, I honestly felt like he was kind of shoehorned in there anyway. Yeah. I think we could have been just fine with him having like stayed back at the station or something. I don't know. Something just take him out of the action for a little bit. Like, and I, yeah, it just wasn't a baby Yoda episode. Yeah. Not not every, (laughs) every episode needs. Maybe Yoda action. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean he he did show up, and um, but yeah, I don't I don't think he was really necessary in this episode. Um, I th- I thought it was a good episode. It had that uh, that ragtag characters like you mentioned uh, that I really wanted to see. Um, 
I gotta say the the actors that they picked for this episode. Uh, you mentioned Bill Burr, but they they had some some actors that I can't remember if I had heard these folks were going to be in the show or not. Yeah. Um, but uh, if I did hear about it, I didn't remember when the episode came on, so I was actually, you know, pleasantly surprised. Um, you know, the, the, the first one being, um, uh, the guy that, I'm trying to remember the the character's name and, and I can't, can't remember his name. Uh, he was the guy who, uh, basically hired them all to do this job. So like, he, uh... so yeah, he shows up on this, on this, uh, the space station basically with the Razor Crest. And apparently he's been in contact with this guy who's an old friend of his. Um, and it's played, he's played by, uh, uh, Mark Boone Jr. Who has been in a lot. And, you know, now, now that I mention his name again, I think, I think I do remember maybe reading something about him being in the show or maybe Mark Boone Jr. Yeah. I, I don't know though, but, but seeing him in this role, uh, he was perfect for this role. Like I, I, this is the type of character that, you know, watching, watching this, uh, this episode, I don't think anybody else could have played that part and it would have been as good as it was. Uh, he played Ranzer Malk. That was his name. Um, I don't know what did what did you think about Mark Boone Jr. Um, yeah, I mean he's a you know he's a character actor who plays a very specific type of character, and this was basically just a role for that specific type of character that he plays. Yeah, which is sort of like dirty, grungy, mm-hmm. a little bit of a sleaze ball. He's ball uh, working under the table, taking some dollars on the side type of. Yeah. Uh, a type of guy. Um, and yeah, I think, but this whole cast on this episode kind of like surprised me every yeah. time. Yeah. Um, cause like when we get into the rest of the crew, um, Oh man. Gee yeah. whiz. Cause <laughs> <I> <laughs> my mean, wife got... just yelled out, uh, devil man. Whenever Clancy Brown Mark showed up. Clancy. Yeah. Clancy yeah. Brown. Now that that is an actor who, again, kind of like Mark Boone Jr., plays a certain type of character. And this role, if you're going to put Clancy Brown in a Mandalorian show or a Star Wars show, this is the type of character you want him to be. <laughs> yeah, like anyone who doesn't know what we're talking, if you just Google Clancy Brown... Or take a peek at his IMDP. You yeah. have seen something with Clancy Brown. He was uh, the voice of uh, Mr. Krabs, I think, in yeah. uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. He was he was the Kragen in uh, Highlander. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's because that's you know that's uh, when I when I first think of of Clancy Brown, that that's actually the first role that comes to mind for me. Oh, um, man. 
just because I, that's a, uh, I mean, that's a, that's a movie from, from way back, uh, that he's just, it's just one of those roles that you're never going to forget. But he just has a very like specific physicality mm-hmm. and look and his eyes are just insane. Yes. He just plays big, crazy, scary dudes. Yeah. And that's what they did. And I think, you know, in Star Wars, this is kind of perfect for those sort of um, arch- just sort of general archetypes, archetypes yeah. showing up. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm now, also what... glad just to have a bunch of aliens in this episode, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Um, one, one of my favorite uh, lines from the show, it's, it's just... It's uh, it's actually toward the beginning of the episode uh, when he's talking to uh, Bill Burr's character, when, when Mark Boone Jr. is talking to Bill Burr's character. Um, favorite line of the show is target practice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we also we get kind of a feeling for... It seems like the Mandalorian used to be kind of um a not cool dude did you yeah i kind of got that same same thought um i get this i get this feeling that he was not always in the guild did you get that it's hard to tell cuz it seems like he has always worn the helmet. He was picked up by them as a foundling. Right. But he may have not been, like you say, like active with the group for a period of time. Where he wasn't fully following the code, or maybe he split off or something. Well, the, it's, I mean, the Mandalorians and the, and the Guild aren't really synonymous, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm sorry. I mixed up the Guild and the... His yeah. little uh, yeah, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the the Mandal the the bounty hunter guild. Yeah, I just it seems like he wasn't always with them, and at least to me, that's kind of the impression that I got. Uh, in that this, uh, you know, uh, Mark Boone Jr.'s character was uh, he doesn't seem like the type that took guild jobs, and that's why. They were together at one time, uh, and then perhaps uh, Mandalorian decided to join the guild, and that's why he split off. That makes sense. Okay, so he probably would have been a part of the Mandalorian group still, and whenever he had to go out and try to make money, he started off with a crew like this, right? who he eventually... Uh, just couldn't handle anymore because right. uh, they weren't, you know, good people. Right, and and you know because of I mean another another idea that gives or uh, another another thing that kind of gives me that idea is that um, kind of looking back at the previous episode, you didn't just I mean you had to prove yourself before you could get into the guild. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is what he was doing to prove himself. 
like working with these people to show that he had what it took? Well, it seems like you have to prove yourself through picking up a bounty. So maybe he, I don't know, he, he could have used them or, yeah. I don't know, something went down. And I and I wonder if we'll actually see what happened or if we're just supposed to have the understanding that he had a seedier, he had a seedier past than what we're seeing now. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I would really like to see what happened between that group and the Mandalorian. Um, I or just or just see more from that group. Like, I just yeah, I do like those guys. Well, now are they still alive? Yeah, we see at the end of the episode. Oh, uh, I don't think it's after the credits. I think we see at the end of the episode that they're in a prison. Well. Um, yeah, the 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 uh, Clancy Brown and uh, the tw- the Twi'lek and, and Mayfield and oh. Mayfield are in the prison. But what yeah. about? Oh, they're dead. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Mark those, Boone those Jr. and uh, and uh, Zian or yeah, Quinn. the other yeah Quinn. Right, right, right. Uh, no, those guys are those guys are dead. Those guys are dead, yeah. Um, but the uh, but the but other the guys, other guys, yeah. I mean that for sure. That's uh, I could totally see them coming back at some point in time. Um, but yeah, I I would like to see maybe some mention as to why he left the group. Um, but uh, if I had to take a guess, just based off of hints from the show. I kind of I kind of get this idea that possibly a job went south and he left the group because he didn't want to be involved with them anymore because of, because of what happened on some sort of job. Well, certainly he certainly left Quinn out to dry at some point. Right. And and we yeah. sort of have to wonder whether maybe Quinn deserved to be left <laughs> left out to dry. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a strong possibility. I, I think so, too. He did not seem like, uh, I mean, he's willing to, like, he has no family loyalty, um, as as demonstrated by the episode, which, um, if you know anything about the history of the planet Ryloth and uh, its inhabitants, uh that is um that is very uncharacteristic of that species yeah they seemed um particularly uh removed from like ryloth and twi'lek culture in general right right um because they also don't um I don't know how much the French accent is uh, is important to Twi'lek characters. I always kind of because Hera doesn't have a doesn't have a French accent, but no. her dad does. Yeah, that um, that, that was a little odd. <laughs> but I, I, I kind of get the yeah, yeah. I kind of get the feeling like the ones like Twi'leks who sort of go out into the galaxy and hang out with different types of people don't seem to have that accent right. and those who sort of stay on Ryloth and are hanging out with uh, Ryloth specific Twi'leks will maintain it. Yeah. I but, mean, uh, you've got, you know, Bib Fortuna obviously 
hanging out with some unsavory types. Yeah, I always forget Bib Bib Fortuna is <laughs> technically a Twi'lek. Yeah. But uh but going through this cast real quick, uh so I was also surprised uh the voice of the droid was uh Richard Iowade. Oh wow. Because I, I heard that voice and I was like, Who is this? This is throwing me off. But uh people may remember him, um uh the IT crowd. Yeah. Uh T V show is really popular. Um he's been in some larger movies like uh The Watch. Uh he's directed Submarine. But uh I I've always seen him on um like the Mighty Boosh and British panel British uh panel shows. Yeah. I was like uh biggest big fat quiz of the year type stuff. He's uh just a really funny guy and continuing this trend of seeing uh you know a bunch of comedians yeah in these roles but yeah. uh and then well uh, yeah Matt, what oh go ahead oh going into the our uh our cameos real quick we had matt lanter playing the guard art who was uh the voice of anakin from the clone war series right and then the three um uh republic pilots who show up at the end yeah this are, is this is one of them that I I was was going to mention cuz yeah this is go ahead though this was a good one. Uh you have Dave Filoni, uh Rick uh Famuyuya <laughs> and Deborah Chow. Uh, yeah. all three directors on the series. Right. Uh, and Rick specifically directed this episode. Yeah, I thought I thought that was amazing when they showed the first one that I noticed uh strangely enough um was was Deborah as soon as I saw that scene, really? I'm like, I was like, wait a minute, isn't that? Because <laughs> I noticed Dave Filoni right away. I actually did not. I noticed that one. Uh, I noticed that one after her. That's funny. Okay. But yeah. Yeah. That Dave was... has a very specific way of like speaking. And... Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, but I think that's. I didn't. Uh, I didn't really recognize the actor for Quinn. That's probably. But uh, but he's done a lot of work. Work it looks like. Um, yeah, I didn't. But I yeah, didn't I was really surprised by this cast. Yeah, cast was really good, and it was a good, uh, uh, you know, not not heist job, but like a good. Uh, It it was a good it was a good uh, you know down not down and out but like scum and villainy type of type of job that uh, Mando got himself involved in and uh, you know toward the at the at the end he 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 tells <laughs> he tells the baby that I told you that was a bad idea so uh, seems like he had some doubts about going going through with that job as well. Uh, Rightly so, as it turns out. Oh, and uh, I forgot uh, Natalia Tina, who um, Tonks from Harry Potter, um, Osha from Game of Thrones was playing okay. the the Twi'lek in this one, uh, who apparently seems to have had a relationship with the Mandalorian of some sort. Yeah, I, I got that same. Yeah, I think they were they were trying to make that quite obvious. Yeah, and it's 
it's hard to imagine him being romantic with someone like that. Yeah, whether right? she is meaner, <laughs> is she meaner now, or was he meaner back then? Um, well, she did make a point that she learned from the best. So, does that mean she learned how to be uh, kind of a? I don't know, kind of an asshole. A butthead, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> From watching him. Um, but yeah. But yeah that, that's another reason I do want to see these characters show up again. Yeah. So this was another uh, This was another good, uh, I don't want to call it a filler episode, uh, but a good episode to kind of um, move things along. Yeah. Well, let's talk about, like, because I'm kind of getting a feeling from this series, and we still have two more episodes. Two more episodes, yep. But looking over, let me look at this episode list real quick. Um, well, the next one is, is directed by Deborah. Yeah, because it feels like a few of these episodes have been it's getting it's a little episodic yeah and i've been kind of wondering if this season isn't rushed to a degree to get out in time for uh for disney plus and 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 that's not say anything about its quality or its bad bad or anything it's just the number of episodes the uh the length of the episodes i kind of wonder if we do get another season of this if we will see a longer season with more substantial episodes well i gotta imagine that a lot of it had to do with disney kind of testing the waters so to speak Uh, yeah that's true yeah, because you don't want to put too much of your resources into something that is untested. And I really don't see, you know, a big company like Disney making a mistake like that. So let's get this out, see what the response is, and then decide where we're going to move forward. Yeah, because there are, I think there's a lot of safe decisions happening in this season. Um, I mean, Mando hasn't really, like, murdered anyone outright. Uh, This episode, during whenever he's tracking down, uh, you know, the bad crew in the the prison. Yeah. He just throws them into prison. Uh, He doesn't actually kill uh, Mark Boone Jr. and Quinn. That's the... uh, the uh, Republic pilot fighters. Right. And, and they're well, just responding to them while trying to launch a. Right. And then not only that, but you've got, um, you know, when, when they're inside the prison um, and they run, you know, they run into the, uh, the guy that's not supposed to be there. He, he simply has no desire to kill this guy for no reason. Yeah. Um, and and that's all like I think it's all fine and I think probably good decision 
for especially a show you're launching on your family friendly Disney Plus app. Yeah. And I still think the show episodes are really good. Good and interesting. It's just uh just something I'm I'm taking note of, I guess. Yeah. As I'm watching the series. Yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that. I mean, it just I mean, they're they're approaching this in a way that they want us to, and this is all speculation, of course. Uh, they're approaching it in a way they they want us to like this character. Yeah, uh, I mean, if they if if this is a guy who, you know, just goes around killing everybody indiscriminately, at some point, I, I get the feeling that the audience is going to get bored of him. Yeah, I mean, this isn't. This isn't '90s Boba Fett. No, is, is kind of what I'm catching on. No, like, and I and I think you could do like an interesting show about an actual bad character who yeah. is working to undermine what the resistance or what the uh, Republic is trying to do. Yeah, and you could try, and you know, as long as their their personal motivations are. Um, are fleshed out and we like, and we like the character. Yeah. We can watch people do bad things. You know, there's lots of prestige shows about, you know, uh, characters doing bad things that we like to watch, but it certainly wouldn't be, I don't know if it would still fit in this Disney brand of star Wars. Right. Well, that's, that's what I mean. Disney doesn't want you to, they don't want to put a character in there that you're not going to like. And, they don't want a character in there that uh, being Disney uh, that they're not going to like. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to sell plush figures of Tony Soprano in the Disney yeah, store. That, that's kind of what I'm getting at. There's not just, you know, there, this is not just TV. Uh, they're going to merchandise, you know? And yeah. So, yeah, Tony Soprano would definitely not be a person they'd want to merchandise. Uh, but uh, how would you uh, how would you rate this episode? Um, what what was our rating system? <laughs> listen, rating systems listen, they're all let's just let's change let's go ahead and change it again. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we, we were using letter grades. We did like something out of four this time. Let's do um, uh, let's do a percentage scale, uh, zero to a hundred. Okay, that is, that is a weird one. Um, hmm. You can do points. We'll do it like pitchfork, so like an eight point seven or. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'd say. Uh... So we're only going. So we're only going to ten, or we're going to a hundred. Um, let's go, let's go to, uh, let's go to 10. We'll do this. This is our okay. pitchfork rating. Okay. okay. That's, uh, um, that's what, that's what confused me when you said pitchfork. I was like, they don't go to a hundred. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, I would say 7.9. Okay. So, so it doesn't get best new album. No. Ooh, okay. 
because I'm going to give it uh, an 8.5, and uh, I'm going to give it Best New Album. Um, I think it's just personally, it's the type of Star Wars that I like to see. Yeah. Um, it may not be – Well, see, may not end up being technically the best episode in the series. I think right. that's coming. Right. For me, still, number three is the one that it, it, by which everything else is graded or measured. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know, it's also getting hard just to compare episodes because it does yeah. feel like they're doing like doing different things. Yeah. Because like those first three episodes carried a very specific narrative. And and now we're kind of into the episodic episodes. Right. And I think we're going to get back into that narrative uh, in these next couple of weeks. Right. Right. So, no, it was, I mean, I don't, I don't want that grade to make you think I didn't like it. I just, I actually really did. And, and like I, like I mentioned earlier, just like you, this is probably my second favorite episode. Uh, but even my favorite didn't get a 10. Well, listen. I think we all understand that I love the show. You hate it. What? Um, you want it. You think this particular episode should be uh, take all the negatives, burn them. And <laughs> I think I think we all heard that loud and clear. I, I don't I don't think you heard me right. <laughs> all right. There you go, everyone. Steve hates Star Wars. I love Star Wars. Please email us at Rogue One Pod, Rogue Radio, <laughs> Rogue One Radio Pod at Gmail to let us know what you think about Steve hating the Mandalorian. All right. Wow. That's... <laughs> well, now, moving on from that, uh, we were going to talk a little bit about the. Um, now, do we want to do we want to do this or we do do we want to do our list first? Um, yeah, let's go ahead and do our list real quick. Okay, and then we'll go into what we expect for episode nine. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about Rise of Skywalker since it is coming out this week. Um, okay, so we did our top. We're going to be doing our top five sequel trilogy moments. Uh, so far, so this will, of course, only come from two different movies. Um, so, if you want to go ahead and start us off. Let's, yeah, uh... so um, my number five is uh, <laughs> uh, Ray and Kylo touching fingers in the hut. Um, it is... It's, I think it's one of the more intense sort of like scenes just in movies that don't have a lot of kissing and romance, especially the sequel trilogy so far. And to have – and that moment just felt probably one of the most intimate moments we've seen in a Star Wars movie so far. Um, the only thing – the only thing that probably compares is uh, – some of Han Solo and Princess Leia's scenes from Empire Strikes Back, mm -hmm. but uh, but it was it was one of the most like a uh, a feeling of intimacy and that I wasn't expecting from a Star Wars movie. Okay, that's a good one. Uh, my number five is from um, 
Force Awakens, and um, looking at my list now, this should probably be higher on the list, but I'm going to go with where it's at. Uh, it's it was a very emotional moment for. Um, I, I got to imagine this was a very emotional moment for everybody who has grown up on Star Wars or been introduced to Star Wars at some point in their life. Uh, and, and my number five is uh, the death of Han. Oh, boy. He's, he's talking with his, his kid, trying to turn him from his bad ways. And, and just when you get this idea that maybe... Maybe he's getting through to him just a little bit. He gets the lightsaber right through his sternum. And, I mean, coming from somebody who has, uh, I mean, I can only take my own experiences, but somebody who has been, Han Solo has been there with me as long as I have been a Star Wars fan and to see him in his final to, to see that he, he he's not going to be with us anymore is it was rough and uh, you know I saw I saw Force Awakens I want to say I saw it at least three times in the theater may have been four but for sure three and uh Every time it hit me, it just, I could not, uh, I could not control the emotion. <laughs> and, uh, and even, you know, when I took, you know, the next, the, the second time I went to see it, uh, I took my, uh, my two younger kids and, um, yeah, when that, when that happened, um, well, funny, funny story, actually, when that happened, the girl had just like just a couple of minutes prior went to the bathroom, even though I told her, honey, you're going to miss something really big. <laughs> I'm telling you, you're going to miss something really big. I'm not just playing with you because I, I tend to do that. I'm like, yeah, you're going to miss the movie. But I'm like, no, you're seriously going to miss something big. But she went to the bathroom. Uh, so she did not get the full effect of it. Um, my son, on the other hand, uh, <clears throat> he he kind of stood up in the theater. He was he was not happy about what he had just seen. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it was uh, it was quite amusing actually, because you know I'm I'm over there basically blubbering again and. <laughs> He's like angry that they killed off Hansel. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, it's it's a rough scene because I had uh, I think I had been spoiled or I had heard something leading up to that. But even in that scene, I'm still thinking, oh yeah, it looks like uh, he'll be okay. This is an interesting turn to not have. Like this character just killed this guy off, and and then it's whoops. Yeah, yeah. There he goes. 
it's um yeah my wife uh my wife did cry mm-hmm. <laughs> and the, and then initially seeing that scene uh i mean she's her favorite characters uh is leia and i think um i think when she identifies with leia so much seeing something like that happen to han sort of yeah it's still very affecting yeah i can totally see that and um but yeah i thought uh yeah, and it's a lot more while that did happen, something like that did happen in A New Hope, it's a lot more affecting there. Yeah. Because it's not like you're gonna see Han Solo as a force ghost in these future movies. Well, and... here's the here's the thing about Obi Wan is you know, when you saw that, uh you didn't really see a whole lot of him in the movie to begin with. Like he had only been in I mean, this was his only movie that he, you know, that he was alive in. So you didn't, I, I got to think that, at least for me, he, it didn't have quite the impact because it was like, okay, he's, he was here in the movie and now he's not. Whereas with Han Solo, he's been in all the movies. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and they really play it hard. Just yeah. how much he's connecting with Ray throughout the movie, and you're just ready for him to just like right be Daddy Han. Yeah, yeah. Well, like you just uh, you get this. Uh, yeah, you just get this. Ah, uh, Han Solo is no longer here, and now Ray doesn't have that father figure. And damn it. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so okay, so we, we, enough of that. That was uh, okay, so, brings us to to your number four. Yeah, my my number four is uh, from the Last Jedi. It is uh, Luke describing the Force to Rey. Okay. Um, I think it's one of the more uh, poetic and poignant descriptions of the Force mm-hmm. that we've seen. Um, I don't think we had. A really great description of the Force, Morse, or talking about the Force much in in the Force Awakens. I think most of that work was given to Maz Kanata, yeah. and it doesn't feel as personal in that movie. But I think having Luke actually talk about it, uh, and seeing how his views have sort of evolved and how he's matured, matured in his understanding of the Force. Is really yeah. interesting, and just the cinematography and the scenes he chooses to show during those moments are just beautiful. One of my probably one of my uh, my favorite just scenes from that movie. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, my number four is also has to do with uh, Han Solo, um, and this is also in the Force Awakens. Uh, it is the scene where. Um, he and Chewie step on the Falcon again for the, you know, for uh, not the first time, but uh, the first time in a long time, you know, and he comes on and says, we're home, uh, which, you know, it was, it was in the, it was in the trailers. So it seems kind of odd that it was as impactful as it was. Um, 
even more so impactful, uh, strangely enough, than uh, when you see the Millennium Falcon for the first time in forever uh, when they're on Jakku. And, you know, I, I, I don't know about when you saw uh, that movie for the first time, but um, in, in the theater that I went to, everybody was cheering when that thing showed up. Um, I, I imagine that was probably the same when you watched it, but. Um, I think we were in a director's suite when okay. we first saw it. So okay. people were pretty chill, but there was, but what you get in a director's suite is just like chattering, yeah, <laughs> chattering and just like, ooh, yeah, who's an Oz. And yeah, that was definitely uh, an, ooh, ah, uh, look at that honey. Scene. Yeah, yeah, but the the crowd the crowd erupted uh, when I when I saw it and which and I, and I thought that was cool. I, I I did. I was one of the people that cheered, but I felt a little bit more of a lump in my throat <laughs> when Han and Chewie stepped on the Falcon uh, and how you know how it happened and and they you know you're they're messing around and. Uh, and, and trying to get away, you know, him and, uh, uh, what's it, Finn and, Finn and Ray are on the ship, and they're hiding, uh, and then all of a sudden, the, uh, the real owners of the ship show up, and it's just, it had, it had quite an impact to me. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, uh, that's a big, it's a big old scene, <laughs> yeah, from The Force Awakens. Yeah, but uh, yeah, because I think I have one of my honor, one of my honorable mentions is uh, Chewie, we're home. Yes, and yes. I and I left it out just because that was a tra- it really felt like a trailer thing. Yeah, and I I was hesitant about putting this on my list because it was part of the trailer. Uh. But if I was really being honest and saying, okay, we're talking about top movement move, moments in the, in the movie, uh, for me, it really was a top mo- moment in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's a really good, it's a really good one. Well, um, I, I, I will give you a hint, though, and, and tell you that uh, those two, my number four, five and my number four are the only ones to come from that movie. Oh, interesting. Every, everything else is from my uh, last Jedi. Um, well, my, my number three is the Ray and Kylo team up, uh, specifically a very specific moment when after Kylo has killed the emperor, that's not the emperor, uh, uh no, Snoke, yeah, Snoke, <laughs> And he gives Ray a lightsaber, the lightsaber, and then, and you're just like, <laughs> I yeah. really am just sitting there in the theater, like dumbfounded, like, oh, what's going to happen now? And then, yeah. boom, slow motion, turn around, start to fight, and they start fighting together back to back, and it's just like, and that's when you know I had a guy behind me, wooing at the top of his breath, top of his lungs. <laughs> And it was just it was just a huge moment in the theater because I yeah I saw that with a crowd and uh, just one yeah I think this is one of the biggest moments 
from the saga, I think. I think wow. I think it's up there. Wow. That's yep. that's that's good. I mean that that was that was a really good scene. I yeah, I, I dug it. Um my number three uh was uh in of course in The Last Jedi as I mentioned. Um it was when uh Yoda showed up on uh on the um on the the island. Um, you know, here's here's Luke about the about to burn the, the sacred text and uh and then, you know, Yoda shows up and, and he has this conversation with him and then he goes ahead and burns him himself. <laughs> and uh and one of my favorite lines from from uh not just from the scene but, but from the movie itself is the scene is the part where he's talking about you know, he's like, Oh no, you burnt the sacred text he's like, Oh, read him, have you? And uh, he's like, well, uh, you know, page turners, they were not. <laughs> it is. That. Yeah. And just seeing that dynamic between them again is. Yeah, yeah for sure. It's really, it's, and it's just like, you know, no matter how old you become, like your teachers and your mentors are still going to make you feel like a student again. Exactly. Exactly. Like here's this here's this guy who has been a Jedi Jedi master for a while. I mean, more or less, he's been a Jedi master. Uh, and then, you know, his old mentor comes and is still teaching him. <laughs> and uh, and who better to do that than Yoda? I mean, that was just awesome. Um. Uh, so that was uh, that was number three for me. Okay, then uh, my number two is from uh, the Force Awakens, and this is uh, during the snowy outdoor lightsaber fight when you know we have uh, Kylo Ren trying to pull uh, Luke's lightsaber to him, and then. We see it flying through the air, and it lands in the hand of uh, Ray. Oh, man. And it is... That should have been on my list. And that is, I think, going to be... I think that really is one, going to be one of the top moments uh, in the saga. God, like whenever totally you put together... I about that scene. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, my God. That is... I think that, that will be... Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. To Rise of Skywalker, but I think that will be the scene, the scene or the moment of this uh, particular trilogy. Is Ray fully accepting Ray accepting her Force powers, uh, using them, and claiming ownership over that lightsaber? It's just, yeah. uh, oh boy, that. Just the build up to that scene is just intense. It's great. Yeah, because up to that point, she wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah, I mean the whole the whole thing is just like trying to sort of pass off responsibility to others, and right, it's just nope, 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 can't not, do it. Not my business. <laughs> you, and like you know, Maz Kanata tells him like, nope, you can't just pass this off to someone else. Yeah. This is something you have to do, and. 
Uh, and yeah, yeah, that's just. Uh, I think going to be this one of the the top scenes from those movies. Top moments. That yeah, that's definitely a good scene. Uh, my number two is also, of course, from from the Last Jedi, um, and it was actually the opening space battle. Ah. Um, that whole thing, it was just, uh, you know, you, you really don't in, in the, in the sequel trilogy, you didn't really get to see a whole lot of really good space battles. Um, at least none that were very memorable. Uh, but this one. Um, this one was just really amazing. Uh, you know, you've got the, uh, you've got the bombers, which strangely enough are not Y-Wings. Uh, you've got the, the dreadnought in there and this whole, you know, Poe just going on about, you know, we're not going to have another chance to take out another, you know, take out a dreadnought. There's, we got to do this now. And this whole, the whole thing about, uh, you know, they, there were heroes, but there weren't any leaders and, uh, you know, the whole scene with, uh, with Rose's, um, sister, um, you know, just taking that thing out at, at just the right time. Um, but that whole space battle to me, it was, it was just amazing. Well, the whole the whole sequence of that bomber is just pulled straight out of like a World War Two movie or yeah. like a Steven Spielberg movie for sure. Yeah, it is. It makes that fight, you know, it makes that battle very personal. Um, zooming in on those faces, like I can't think, like when I think of the original trilogy space battles, I I don't know if people had these had like personal connections to these pilots. The only pilot I think we ever have a real personal connection with besides Luke is Wedge. I don't but... know, man. Jet Porkins. He was uh Oh gosh. He was always one of my favorites. <laughs> but I think like in comparison to this opening like uh Last Jedi space battle, um you have the 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 blue leader, the cobalt leader. Mm-hmm. Um Tammy or Taki. I can't remember. I can't quite remember her name, but I very much remember that character still. And like you said, uh, Rose's sister. Yeah. And it's just extremely personal. These are characters that you don't have any previous knowledge of. Right. You don't have any connection with. It's just purely through uh, action and through actual like visual action. Right. That you. But uh, yet in that one scene, okay. you connect to them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's something very special that I don't, I think, uh, yeah, is very successful in that movie. Yeah. That's good. Um, so this, so this brings us to our number one. Oh my gosh. All right. This is going to be, oh boy. All right. Here we go. Um, this is my number one. It's just kind of like a, is more personal, just something that sort of, you know, uh, Tickles my the sort of things that I like in in movies, mm-hmm. and this is uh, uh, what the realization that Luke is force projecting himself onto yeah. crate. 
Yeah. Um, it's such it is such a Ryan Johnson moment just as a director. Yeah, it feels very Luke Skywalker. Uh, just to it's this is the this is the the uh, the the oh gosh the Padawan the the apprentice of Obi Wan. Yeah, this is something he would do, and it is. And it's so, you know, when you, <laughs> I, I always fall for this dumb stuff in movies, mm-hmm. especially when I'm in a theater. Yeah. It's so obvious that like, this is not really Luke, whenever you just sort of pay attention and like, and I'm noticing like, why is his, you know, uh, why does he have that blue lightsaber? Uh, why does he look so much younger now? Uh, why isn't he leaving footprints? <laughs> but no, what, like how, what the heck did he do to not get affected by any of those blasters? Like, can you do, it's like, it's all so obvious, mm-hmm. but I'm just ignoring it just because I want to see Luke Skywalker be a badass. Yeah. Cause yeah. I want it. And that's, you know, that's the perfect part. That's how you do a con, which is, that's how you do movie magic. Yeah. You know what they want, and you give it to them, and they'll ignore everything else. All right. they'll ignore all the clues, absolutely, as, to get what they want. And that's I wanted him to be a badass, and he was a badass. He was. And it is, it's a great twist. And anyone who doesn't like it is uh, a bad person. It, that's it, my. It was a great scene. Yeah, it definitely was. And my number one is, uh Actually, it's taken from kind of about the same uh, sequence time period as yours. Um, My my number one is it's my number one because I found it funny and it's it's impactful because it is something that. specifically uh, with my son that we often imitate and, and make jokes uh, about. And <laughs> it's, it's going to sound kind of dumb, but, but my number one is the moment in the, uh, on crate when he's fighting uh, Kylo Ren <laughs> And they shoot everything at him, and he brushes it off. (laughs) (laughs) To this day, we still, my son and I talk about that scene, and how it's just so hilarious that, like, they just, like, try to destroy him with everything that they have, and he just kind of, eh, what else you got? <laughs> oh gosh, just that whole sequence, just Kylo Ren's reaction, the the way that uh Hux antagonizes him. Yeah. It's... Oh, another great line from that same scene is when when Kylo's talking about the uh the Falcon, he's like, "Blow that hunk of junk out of the sky!" <laughs> he's just so sick of seeing that thing. <laughs> he is so mad, and it's fantastic. Yeah, it is. It is. 
So that was our uh, our top sequel trilogy moments. Um, next, you know, we actually didn't talk about what we are going to do uh, next week for our list. Um, um, well, listen, I think we'll be uh, we'll be talking about Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, that I gotta imagine. Yeah, that episode is going to be. Just... I guess but, uh, just top moments of that one film. Listen, that we are we are going to be inundated with Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, because by that time we will we're probably, probably going to try and record. We we probably will have yeah. seen the movie at least we'll, three times by then. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll try and record something this week just as like immediate reactions. Yeah. Um, so, so try keeping a lookout for that, but but yeah, next week's episode is going to be full Rise of Skywalker, just all nonsense, all Rise of Skywalker nonsense. Yeah, uh, we'll be we'll probably be losing our minds, and we will probably make no sense and just be rambling. I yeah, I gather we will. Um, so speaking of Rise of Skywalker, I guess we're going to close things out. We're gonna we've got a couple of things that we wanted to talk about. Uh, specifically, um, a couple of pieces of, uh, I don't know if you want to call them rumors. I mean, I guess you can call them rumors or, uh, teases and, uh, kind of leading into what do we want to see, uh, in Rise of Skywalker that maybe has not been, like, what are we hoping to see that? we haven't heard any rumors about. Um, so there was a, there was a news uh, report um, that JJ Abrams had hinted um, a certain character from a beloved animated series um, would possibly be showing up. Um, that character being uh, Ahsoka Tano. Now, uh, he did not specifically say in this tease that she is going to physically show up. And so the the tease itself was, was a little bit cryptic, I thought, which understandably so. Um... But I gotta think, okay, are they actually going to do, are they actually going to give us a live action Ahsoka, or do you think they're just going to mention her name? Oh my goodness. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of Jedi Force nonsense in this movie. And that's where I would expect her to show up. Okay. I would I would think that she is either is, dead or elderly at this point. Maybe thinking are you thinking maybe a force ghost? Steve, there's so much they do so much nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> Like we we could be talking about like a force ghost. We could be talking about a mention in an ancient Jedi text. We could be doing some force backs. 
yeah. we could be doing yeah. flashbacks. Yeah. Um, See, now that's a, that's a thought. That's something I hadn't even thought of. I hadn't even thought about flashbacks. Because typically they like, don't do flashbacks in Star Wars. I mean, if we flashback to, uh, you know, uh, the what's it called? Revenge of the Sith era. Yeah. We could see some Ahsoka stuff. Because, um, I mean, there's there's been rumors about uh, Anakin showing up in this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's just... I, re- I really... <laughs> I'm really bad at... I'll, my, all my speculating is just, like, listing all the things that could happen. Yeah. I and mean, then, there's... Yeah, there's so I much. I have no idea. There's so many different ways they could go with this. But, uh, you know, the, the hopeful part in me would be, at least in some respect, she actually shows up. Uh, now, whether that be a Force ghost or, uh, like you mentioned, I hadn't even thought about the flashback thought, because that'd, that'd be great, too. Um, I think she would this um i think we could see a lot more i don't know i i kind of feel like they're going to try to make this a movie that sort of if it's going to be the end of the saga we're going to be pulling stuff from not just the original trilogy but the prequel trilogy yeah and and the only ways that i can imagine them sort of pulling that stuff is either through like force nonsense or the or sort sort of flashback. Um, this this should be like the uh, the yearbook movie in a way. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Where where we sort we see a close to all the threads of all these movies of all these eras. Um, and so yeah, I would expect to see. And in that scenario, I would expect to either see or hear. I would expect everything just... I would expect stuff from almost every movie. And I think you you could sneak in an Ahsoka into that. Yeah. Uh, people might think it's a Shakti, I, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I, yeah I'd, love I to think... see her. I'd love to see her in there somewhere. Um. And then a couple other things that he wrote in the notes. Uh, how back is the emperor? <laughs> um, I just wrote it down. Just like, because we, you know, just, just for reference, like, mm. we'll be speculating about uh, spoilers. We don't actually know any spoilers. We don't know. No one really knows anything. Right. But we could accidentally spoil something. Yeah. And we'll be talking about stuff we've seen in trailers and TV spots. So if you're avoiding those, you shouldn't even be clicking on this episode, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> um, but, uh, that being said, uh, I think... Personally, I think that whoever, in in whatever capacity they use the Emperor, in this movie, I think he is a clone. Okay. Uh, of of himself, obviously. Um, and, and a couple of things lead me to that. 
uh, one being um, something that we saw in an early episode of The Mandalorian um, when they showed that scientist in uh, Camino cloning facility uh, garb. So yeah. that leads me to believe that the cloning facility is still going on and it would it would make no sense to me for when the empire take take took over the galaxy that they would not have also taken over that facility and i have to imagine that that a lot of his content and a lot of his contingencies would have hinged on somehow I need to come back and what better way to do it than have yourself cloned. Um, so there's that. Uh, but also I think by giving, by making him a clone, it's kind of a, kind of a nod if you will, to the fans of the uh, the Dark Horse sequel series, uh, specifically, um, like the uh, the Dark Empire series uh, comic book series, where uh, they're all you know they they discover that that the Emperor is alive and that he's he's actually a clone of the Emperor. Um, so I don't know. I just, I feel like they, I feel like JJ wants to give some of those fans a little bit of a nod and this would be a good way to do it. Um, but again, all of that is speculation. I, I have no idea in what capacity they're going to use them. I just, my theory is that he's a clone. Yeah, honestly, I don't I don't see how any way they can do it like in a cuz like in the EU and comic books and stuff you can get into weird stuff. Mhm. Stuff especially like spiritual force stuff. Right. But I think a, a a regular movie audience where you have to explain why someone is back real quick very quickly, a clone is the simplest way to do it. Yeah. Um and like I think I brought up did I bring up the the theory that they were trying to clone Yoda to see if uh they could clone a force sensitive and still have uh still have the clone have force powers? Yeah, I think we've had that conversation. And that and that would have been like a test basically make a test run for the Emperor's clone. Right. Um, that's, and so that's a possibility and that, that could have nothing to do with Mandalorian, but, well, um, I, I just thought about that because just for the fact that the uniform the guy was wearing. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, he's definitely, he's definitely a cloner. It's just, what, uh, what are they doing? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and because the other option is, yeah, I think is either weird force stuff, like mm -hmm. 
Um, he could be possessing. Like, I think people have talked about Matt Smith. Like, is could the Emperor be possessing someone like a Matt Smith? Uh, can he just manifest because of Force stuff? I don't know. Like uh, like Doctor Manhattan style, just pull all of his molecules back together. Yeah, I don't know. I don't but know. I think I guess... cloning is just like the simplest yeah. thing that can be quickly understood by uh, your average Joe moviegoer. Right, right. Um. So the other note that you have here is is definitely, um, definitely the. It's on everybody's mind. And from everything that I've read, we are we are going to get some sort of answer. Uh, whether we're going to like it or not, I don't know. Uh, but some sort of answer as to Ray's lineage. Because that, that has been... It can't, I mean, there's got to be a lot of people out there that uh, as much news and, and theories that there have been out there, uh, people want to know. And I think that to not make that a part of this movie is going to let a lot of people down. Um, but But everything that I've read has said they are going to explore her lineage. So, yeah. Well, I think it's like, you know, um, (laughs) just as like a little bit of back trivia. After the empire strikes back, I think George Lucas had actually consulted with like child psychologists about, um, how they would, how they would react to Darth Vader's, uh, proclamation of being Luke, Luke Skywalker's father. Right. And basically like child psychology would just be like, no, they're just not going to accept it because they do not trust Darth Vader. And so that's why at the beginning of return of the Jedi, they they have basically Yoda confirm that confirm that Darth Vader is Luke's father so that it is coming from a trusted character. Right. And I, and I feel like you have to do, you do have to do something similar in this movie even if you are just keeping it, Ray's parents are nobodies as far as Star Wars fans are concerned. Right. You have to reiterate that through somebody who we either trust or we actually have to go ahead and meet her parents. Yeah. And see them somehow and just see that they're, you know, yeah. just nobodies. For sure. Um, now, I'm... I don't think we should speculate on on our theories on that. That's that's something that's that could be take up an entire episode. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, my my only theory is that like I think they're just uh, I don't I don't know if they're as awful as they're portrayed in uh, in Lo- in the Last Jedi. And I, but yeah, you know, you're right. I could go on for too long. I take it yeah. back. We could we could talk about that just that theory forever, um, but so that that's all of the rumors or the or the things that we've read about. Uh, but are there any other things 
specifically that have not been rumored uh, or even um, speculated by somebody else that that you would like to see happen in this movie. I would... Yeah. I would actually like to see Finn's uh, family sort of sorted out. Because, um, you know, we do know that he was taken as a baby to be a, a stormtrooper. Yeah. And I I would like to see some recognition that <laughs> that Finn is just as much of an orphan as Rey. And yeah, maybe his maybe his maybe parents would were like the... to know. Oh, maybe my his parents were the scavengers. Yeah, maybe they're, I don't know, there's just, I I would like to see some recognition of that, see who his parent, see if we can see who his parents are. They're probably dead, but at least, like, let him have a moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would like, man, I, I would like to see... I think it's clear at this point the closest thing we're going to get to a romance in this particular trilogy is uh, Ray and Kylo. Yeah. My my personal opinion is that I think their romance is more subtext. Like you're not going to see them have like a big sloppy kiss at the end of the movies. Right. No. Movies. But because a lot of the tropes used for their relationship are like romantic tropes. But we don't actually. I don't. I don't feel like we actually see anything directly romantic between them, just sort of personal connection. Right. And so, and and by this point, I just don't think we're going to get a good romance in these movies. Yeah. But I'd like to see something. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I I wouldn't mind seeing, uh, maybe something between um, Finn and Rose. Finn and Rose, or maybe Connix has a boo, or, or who? Uh, Lieutenant Connix, uh, Billy Lord's character. Oh, right, right, right. Um, I'm thinking. I was also thinking maybe, uh, you know, however they're going to present this character, the new the new character that, uh, oh my gosh, what is her name? Oh, Carrie Russell. I'm trying to think of her character's name. That starts with a J. Uh, crap. Uh, brand new character. We've never seen her before. Uh, Hold on. Let me. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, trying to pull it up too. Uh, As Carrie Russell's character is Zoe Bliss. Then I think you might be thinking of, um, oh, is she even, oh, she's not an IMDb. Oh, uh, uh, Jonna? Yes, uh, yes. Naomi Aki's character? Yeah, her, 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 Jonna. That's what I was trying to think of. Um, I, I don't know how they're going to bring her in. Like, who, who is she? Uh, but I'm thinking, what if she is somebody that, uh, I don't know, maybe that Poe knows from his past and something happens with that. I don't know. But man, she looks cool. She does. 
I'm, it, I'm it really... looks like she has um she has uh oh what was the character in the solo movie um oh, uh if yeah. nest vibes yeah 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 huh just sort of like uh sort of low tech uh ragtag type of fighter but you know it would not surprise me one bit if they reveal that she is like Lando's daughter uh yeah, I guess since, since you're because having as, Lando in this movie. Because as much as he gets around, <laughs> it's kind of hard to believe that he doesn't have a youngin' out there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, someone has to be coming back. So, so and then, um... Yeah. Um, I, so, yeah, I'd like to see that. Uh... What do you expect from uh, from Lando Calrissian in this movie? You I think he's honest... actually going to like do some stuff, or is he just going to sort of be in a few scenes? I think the latter is true. I don't think he's going to be a huge player in this movie. I think, to me, honestly, I think he is going to show up in like toward the end in some kind of final battle scene. Yeah, I I think... Yeah, I don't think he is going to be a main character in this story. I really just think that they're bringing back these people because it's the last episode. Of the Skywalker saga, yeah. they're just—they're just—it's just a callback. They're let this. Let's get these guys back together for one last hurrah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, other than that, I think I'm just sort of. Yeah, <clears throat> I, I just want this to be like a yearbook movie. Yeah. Just. Yeah. I want some. I want some highlights from all three trilogies. Mm-hmm. I want to see. Our new characters have some sort of. I feel like everyone had like actually pretty satisfying arcs in the Last Jedi. Yeah, and and the only characters I want to see furthered are probably uh, Finn and Ray. Yeah, I think Poe's Poe's fine. Yeah, Poe's good. <laughs> just He's... let him be cool. They've, he could do I mean, the they've... Han Solo thing in this movie and just like be there and have fun. They've they've done enough to his character to make him what he was supposed to be, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, at this this close, this late in the game, uh, there's so much that's been revealed uh, or at least teased that um, I just, like you, I just, I just want, I just want this movie to be really good. <laughs> uh, um, well, I, I don't even know about good. Just like, Satisfying. Just, yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, um, th- those have two different connotations for two different uh, meanings true, for me. True, that, that's, but, uh, that's that's understandable. Um, the only thing that 
I mean, I, I mean, I guess I've kind of heard babblings about it from somewhere, but nothing's really been really confirmed about it. But I, I actually would like to see uh, one of the things that I'd like to see happen is uh, I, I want to see Hayden Christensen uh, show up as uh, as an Anakin Force ghost. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what I said like I think either I've heard rumors. Force Ghost I think is the most obvious. Yeah, I've heard rumors. I heard I read somewhere where he was spotted on the set. Now, if yeah. that's true, he could have just went to go see what they were up to or as a yeah. technical advisor or something. But a big part of me has got that, you know, that hope in there that, okay, he's he was on set because he's in this movie. <laughs> but that that could just be a bunch of false hope. You never know. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I just want to see something yeah. from that prequel trilogy. Yeah, for sure. And that's, and that's me. Like, I don't have, like, I don't have great feelings about the prequel trilogy. But it is like a part of this saga, and it is integral oh, yeah. and important. Yeah, and I, I want mean, to see it recognized. Right, right. Um, so, I mean, I, I guess we'll we'll both find out on oh, Thursday. Here's one one more question. Mm-hmm. Kylo Ren, does he die, Steve? Is he going to be a dead boy at the end of this movie? Or will they break the trend and let him live? What do you think? Again, probably could have been an entire episode on this. Uh, The short and skinny. I think he lives. Interesting. All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. He died. He dies. Okay. And then, whoever wins, um, <laughs> gets to gets to uh, call the other a butthead. All right. Okay. <laughs> On Thursday night, I'm gonna whoever whoever's right text the other uh, that they're a butthead. Okay. <laughs> they're high stakes, guys. Well, you know, uh, uh, we're we're going to be seeing each other on Friday too, so we we could really rub it in. Well, it'll be, yeah, it'll be real bad. We'll make uh, we'll get pancakes and make them write it out on the pancakes. Well, also though, we got to remember that that on Friday, um, we we we've got to avoid the spoilers because there will be somebody in that group that has not seen the movie. One that I know of for certain. So, yeah. Listen, <laughs> if you don't see the movie on Thursday night, you're getting spoiled. Well, like, no, no, well, we're we're talking about Joey here. Um, he will not Listen. be seeing the movie on on Thursday night because it's a school night. Joey, yeah, you're a good kid, but <laughs> no, 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 no. I, we we can't do that to him. <laughs> 
no, but uh, but yeah, I I feel uh, I'm pretty excited. Um, as an I guess that's an understatement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it is Star Wars we're talking about here. It's kind of hard not to be excited. Um, yeah, definitely looking forward to yeah. to it. And uh, but, but yeah, I I really mostly just don't have I have almost no expectations for this movie. Like I think there were a lot of expect expectations going to the Last Jedi. They were all met, and. I think this movie is just sort of an open book and I think that's really exciting actually. Yeah. And, and, and we've got JJ back. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he ends this. Oh boy. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I believe in JJ. You can do it. JJ. He can do it. So, okay. So next week, uh, Next week, we will be doing, of course, our, uh, well, obviously, we're going to be talking about uh, Rise of Skywalker quite a bit, uh, but additionally, we'll have our, our uh, Chapter 7 uh, recap of The Mandalorian. Um, yeah, so be sure to catch us on the next episode. Uh was there anything else you wanted to close us out with? Uh, nope. Just uh, excited to see uh, Rise of Skywalker this week. And we will not shut up about it next week. No, we won't. <laughs> um, which also leads me to, uh, I just remembered that I, I am now on the third installment of the Aftermath uh, novel trilogy. Uh, which is called Empire's End. Um, I am... So my, my goal, or the, the goal that I set out for myself was uh, I was going to be finished with the entire trilogy by the time uh, Rise of Skywalker is released. Uh, so I think... I think I am on track to meet that goal. Um, I am about 60% done with that, uh, with that book. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting, interesting trilogy to talk about after, after the saga is over. Yeah. Now. After we don't have Mandalorian and, and Rise of Skywalker to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because I mean that was written during a time period where we had nothing. Yeah. About yeah. these movies, and this was like just like the little tidbits about that time period that yeah. we could get. Yeah. And I'm curious to see how all that, in retrospect, how all of that sort of shapes up. See, there's another thing I I didn't mention. I'd like to see some of those characters show up in Rise of Skywalker. Oof, oof, that's a big ask. Yeah, yeah, it is. I don't think it'll happen, but it, I think it'd be cool. But, but I'll anyway, tell you, uh, yeah. I mean, the book version of Sky Rise of Skywalker uh, that they released. It was hold on, I remember the name. So, I'm reading uh, Resistance Reborn or in Journey the Journey to Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker by uh -huh. Rebecca Ronhorse. Ronhorse, uh -huh. that is 
like the culmination of all of the Star Wars new canon up to this point. Okay. But well, a lot of those characters will show up in show up in that book. Look, and a lot of the characters that that were uh, introduced through the books. Like, so that, that's kind of why I'm expecting the same of the movie. Oh, okay, yeah, that'd be good. I'll have to anyway. I'll have to read that one after I'm done with the aftermath. Um, all right, so that's it for us today. We will uh, we will be back again next week to talk about more Star Wars. Um, be sure to tell all your friends about the Rogue One Radio podcast and uh, let us know what you think. Anything that you would like to see us do differently. Um, and of course, as we mentioned earlier, definitely uh, send us your hate mail so we can talk about that on the air. <laughs> all right. And that is it for another episode of Rogue One Radio.